This is a Showbile podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all kind, this is episode 42 of Bucks on Nucks. And to be quite honest, we got a very exciting episode, but obviously I can't say that um, without kind of addressing the elephant in the room. Um, we've been a ghost town since May. So firstly, me and DK are here, obviously. Ty is absent, and we'll talk about that more in, in a sec, but um, just want to apologize. I'm sure DK also apologizes. Ty, from his end, he's not here, but um, he, he feels bad. I know that for sure, but um, yeah, obviously we haven't been able to kind of like serve you guys with the content that you guys are looking for and what you enjoyed previously. And, um, so yeah, I apologize for maybe like the third or fourth time here because we we've done this like multiple times where we said, oh, we're back. Oh, the return episode, but, um, I'll let DK kind of take it away. But basically the plan is, um, we got a lot, we're, we're going full steam ahead. We're getting right back into this, whatever works, works. And if this is the last time we're doing a return thing. So if we go ghost again, it's, it's, you can pretty much assume it's over, but, um, I don't think, don't think that'll happen. Um, yeah. DK. No. Yeah. So exactly like Stu said, they, it, we ourselves are getting tired of saying, Hey, we're back and then not being back. So we can only imagine as a listener, if you enjoy the pot or whatever the case is, be like, Oh, these guys are back again. Like, um, here we go. They're going to be back and be gone for another three months. But there's also a lot of things behind the scenes, right? So uh, part of the reason why we took this long of a break is is um, we were restructuring a little bit with the pod. Like um, As you guys know, Ty works on the radio and his career is, is starting to take off. And it, rightfully so, he, he's focusing more on that. And when you have a glue guy and a, and a great host like Ty, um, leave like not leave the pod but you know have have to have to put his focus elsewhere um it 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 took a lot of planning and a lot of uh deliberation and deciding between Stu and i and like Stu said you know um if you don't hear from us again it's curtains on the pod but at the same point i think Stu and i are uh, both just committed to go balls to the wall and make content and make good podcasts and and you know not only for you guys but they we really enjoy doing this stuff too um like you said like there's Ty will be on when, whenever he can, but like we said, his his career is taken off, and we can't blame him for that. We're actually really proud of the guy, and he's doing great work, but uh, on top of it, so Stu and I are going to have to pick up a little bit of the slack here and both learn how to host because I'm fucking deer in the headlights when it comes to hosting, and I don't know how Stu feels about it, but I think it's nothing but great things ahead here for us at, the, at Bucks on Nux, and who knows what the future holds, but uh, I know it's going to it's work we're committed to this now and we're going to be back for good for sure. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I don't want, uh, I don't want it to seem like fucking ties the reason that we took a break because like a lot of times it was like, uh, I was busy like re- right now, like especially in the summers and then even through the winter, like I'm going to, I'm still going to be busy like a lot. So we've kind of said, we've tried to do this in the past where we, we set like a day every week where we have to record a show but even then, like it still didn't always work out because um, obviously Ty has his obligations. Like that radio gig is is crazy. Like obviously that's a dream job for for a lot of people. But man, if you work, you're gonna have to start in a small town um, for the like most people, um, and it's no easy task, man. Like this guy works hours and hours and hours. Like it's hard for him to commit a pod. Like he's getting he's working hours beyond his scheduled work hours. 
that he's not even getting paid for just to prep show for the next day. And he's covering like multiple stations because that's how it works in, in small towns. But, um, I know they really love him up there. The station really appreciates him and he's going to, dude, he's going to make it big, man. Like you, you guys have already, especially in Canada, he's got that unique voice, that unique cadence. Like he's perfect for that radio job and he loves it. And that's his pride and joy. So, um, it's good to see him like take it really serious, but obviously for the pod, um, that means I don't even know. I don't even think he had an option really to turn turn like shit like this down anyways. So and I'm not saying like he's choosing radio over the pod, which obviously would be a very fair thing to do anyways. But um, but yeah, uh, that's good for him. But um, he's gonna be he's gonna make it whenever he can. But DK and I have decided that uh, it's gonna be we've decided on one day a week that um, we will record and. If it gets done, it gets done. And even if it's just one of us, somebody's like something's gotta come out. So um it'll be for for the near future, it it might likely be me and DK a lot. Um, but yep. we hope Ty somewhere in the future can join again. But um, and then further, um, yeah, I've been fucking busy as a motherfucker too, but that's no excuse. Like this is the same excuse I said last time. So um I just don't I'm just saying that because I don't want to make it seem like Ty's the one because Ty is not the one that cause this this pod to go um ghost town for a few months it, it wasn't him it was just like it was just like all right if we're gonna be going two or one person on the pod uh for a couple weeks here like how are we gonna do it and we just didn't really we couldn't just make those decisions like on the fly because like there's a lot of stuff and a lot of content we want to put out um that uh kind of like a shake up in in the in the routine um was it gonna not allow that to happen and then so we just kind of got like i don't know maybe it was like a little bit the morale was a little bit down we just had like weren't certain on the future but um um yeah we're gonna get this going so right now it's me and dk um we're gonna give her tits uh in the future fucking ty's not gonna be able to make this one not that we're gonna be talking here for much longer because you guys see the title it's no surprise here but um um, Ty's going to join whenever he can. Um, maybe there's some weeks when I'm not here. Or maybe there's some weeks when DK is not here, but at the very least, we're going to try and commit an episode to you guys every week. Um, obviously, um, it's not going to happen every week. Like we're not going to, there's a good chance we don't do 52 out of 52, but we're not, we're not going to go ghost for like a month again. And we'll let you guys know on socials and stuff like that, if we're going to miss, and then we're going to give you a reason why. But, um, yeah, so. We hope to get Ty back on as much as he can. Um, but right now, yep, just me and DK. And you guys see the title. Um, there's no hiding that. Uh, we got Kyle. Kyle Bukoskis joined us fucking again. Um, we really appreciate Kyle. Um, we, we view him as a legend here because uh, that's that was like our first like actual... Um, or actually, we had Matt, Matt Chalad, who was a big golf guy. I'm sure you guys heard that interview. But uh, Kyle was like our, our interview where it's like this wasn't like a this wasn't like a friendly thing. We got a guy on. It was more like this is like a professional guy that um, I had a previous contact with and reached out to, and he was uh, nice enough to take the time out of his professional life to talk about it with us. So um, you heard last year's interview. This is the second time. So now we got built up a little relationship. It's nice, easy flow. We had a nice conversation, so nothing to hide. But before we get to that, obviously, very exciting. You're going to hear from Kyle. Big, long interview. But real quick, um, 
there's more to look forward to. So we're not just coming back and saying, oh, we're back. Listen to the pod. Here's Kyle. I mean, that's that'd be pretty sick, but I think we got even more for you guys. Um, firstly, um, we slacked on this big time, so I'll apologize for this as well. But um, we promised merch, merchandise, like a, a ball cap and and or well yeah ball cap and some jerseys so the jersey was to the fantasy winners of the of our football fantasy pool last year and our hockey fantasy league um we're supposed to get jerseys and then the top three from each got ball caps um and then to this point um if you are one of those people have yet to receive those gifts so I would like to let you guys know that those gifts have officially been ordered. So they're on the way. We're not fucking shafting you guys anymore. Uh, so I apologize that that's another thing. Like we, we talked about uh, Ty as well. Uh, we were like, fuck, we got to get that going. Like we can't come back without like promising that stuff. So um, speaking of fantasy, fantasy hockey, we're going to try, obviously we're too late for football, but fantasy hockey, we're going to try and get that going again as well. Uh, we got a little bit of time here. I think the season starts the 10th of October, so we'll try and get a draft in before that. Um, But to be determined. Um, And then also, very exciting. I find this very exciting, at least. We now have a new website, bucksonnucks.com. I encourage everyone to check it out. Um, Really cool stuff. So we're going to be doing some cool stuff on there, including um, there's a blog section. So... Maybe I'm, we'll do. I'm Sorry. gonna be writing blog. I'm gonna be writing blogs uh, every Sunday morning as a little uh, like for fantasy football and, and picks every Sunday morning. On top of giving them out, I'll do a little uh, recap on Tuesday morning of the of the week that was in football on on our website on the blog post. And then on top of that, I'm I, I got time on my hands. I'm gonna write some blogs that are just me trying to be funny and might be worth a little read. And and we're really gonna go forward with that with the blogs on this as well. I think. It's sweet. There you go. So we're going to get some written content as well. I mean, um, I can't promise every week, but I, I'm definitely going to chime in a, or yeah, I'm going to chip in a couple times with a couple blogs here and there. Um, and then it, I think that's kind of like another avenue where we can post our picks. So maybe just, I mean, I would always encourage listening to the pod and I don't want to like drive you away. Ah, you don't have to listen to the pod, but if you miss the podcast um, or you don't have time to listen to it, maybe at work, but you want to tail our picks, um, let's go. You can just hopefully we'll have something up in, on the blog um, that just kind of like a pick breakdown or, or, or what, what our bet slip looks like for like a weekend, for example. Um, DK obviously said he's going to do his every Sunday morning. He's going to have his stuff up. Um, so, yeah, that'll be... That'll be cool for you guys, I guess. I mean, BetStamp's also another avenue that we've done that um, historically. Um, our partnership with them did uh, run out, but it was kind of our own fault. Um, it was a mutual. It was a mutual thing. We had a contract, and and when we went about around the time that we went silent is about around the time the contract uh, ran out. But we still, it was like a mutual thing, right? Like, yeah, right. So um, maybe. W- It'll be harder to find us on BetStamp now, and we're not really using it anymore. But in the future, that might be an avenue where you can find our picks again. Um, 
obviously we're still in contact with Betstamp and I think they're still interested in having us as a partner. We just obviously weren't posting con we were just like, yeah, we weren't publishing anything. So there was nothing for them to kind of sponsor. So uh just be on the lookout for that. Um we might be back in partnership with uh Betstamp, which was a, a, a really good partnership. Um aside from the yeah, there was like a couple miscommunications, but you gotta pay to play, baby. You yeah. gotta pay to play. That's all. We'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Other, yeah. Otherwise, it was it was a really fun partnership, and, and they were, uh, at the very least, if we never hear from them again or they never hear from us again, they they were our very first um, sponsorship offer uh, or brand deal or whatever you call it. Um, so they'll always be remembered in our hearts and go down as uh, number one. Um, also on the website, uh, obviously right from the homepage, you can listen to our latest episode. There's like, uh, shows our latest, like three episodes. There is an episodes page where you can find all our episodes. Um, the about section, if you want to learn a little bit, they're not, I mean, I don't know, like maybe for somebody that's new might want to go check that out. Um, reviews. So if you guys review the show, um, I think you might be able to, rev- I don't know if you, can review it through the site but if you if you review it through spotify or actually i don't know if spotify has written reviews but if apple podcast listeners um can leave written reviews on the show and they automatically once they're posted they automatically appear on the website as well so you can have like your little review uh um appear on the podcast or uh, i mean on the podcast page on the website uh, as well as apple Podcasts. and you know what i'm gonna shout out like a fucking couple reviews here because we love the reviews so um, our latest one from February, which is shortly before, I uh, bet like a month and a half before the the pod went uh, ghost town. Um, Jeff Blow, I assume that's a fake name, but uh, give us a five star review. Must listen if you're looking to laugh, make money, and debate hot takes. This is 100% the podcast you need to be listening to. Thank you, Jeff Blow, whoever you are. Really appreciate. We love the fucking good reviews. Um, so. Yeah, review the show, guys, if you enjoy it. And then this is the big thing. Sorry, I'm rambling on. I know you guys want to hear from Kyle, but this is uh, this is what I'm most excited about because uh, Beyond Reviews is like obviously a review is a way to interact with the show, but here is the best way going forward. If you go to our website, Bucks on again, bucksonnux.com, in the bottom right corner of the screen, you should see a little microphone button. All right. So you go to the website, bottom right corner, microphone button. It's a little yellow button that stays. Like everywhere you scroll, it stays on the bottom right of your screen. You click that thing, um, and you'll see that you can call into the show. Obviously not a live call-in because we don't produce the, or we don't, yeah, we don't record this like live and produce it live. It's not for you to listen to live, but um, you can leave us like a little voice message or a question or something you want us to maybe the something you want us to discuss on the podcast. Um, yeah, you can put that, um, or uh, sorry, you can record that on the website through the website. Um, just with the microphone of whatever device you're on, um, leave us a little message. It goes to my email and then I can, we'll respond to it and share our thoughts on your voice message right on the podcast. So you'll hear your own voice. You'll get that fan interaction, uh, or sorry, I don't want to say fan interaction. You'll get that listener interaction. Um, it'll be uh, that's a yeah, that's kind of like a little quip that uh, or a little little quirk that I'm really fucking excited for. So um, I hope you guys abuse that thing. I hope you guys yeah, much questions, as you can questions, comments, you, chirps, yep, anything, 
anything in there. We're we, playing. And this is sort of, nothing, they sort no, of cut you obviously, off. Sort, yeah, nothing fucking weird. Like, obviously, like, don't well, fucking. Yes. <laughs> but you guys are, you guys are smart. Before we put them. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're, gonna, we're not going to sewer ourselves with this kind of thing, right? Because you never know what you're going to get. But or if we do, this, you're not going to be included. With the website, with the merch, um, with this interview with Kyle that that we're going to get into right now is is just us trying to show you guys we're really trying to bump up this content. We want to bring good content only. We didn't want to half-ass anything, which is kind of part of our uh, our break, right? We've restructured. We've revamped. We're fucking re-energized, and, and, and we're ready to go, and, and we're going to bring good content, and, and you guys are going to have a chance to really be more of a part of the pod now with, the, with all the features on the website and everything like that. So, uh, you know... Like you said, good things ahead, including this Kyle Bukowski's interview too. Heck yeah. So let's not waste any time. We're going to try to do a lot more interviews. Um, no promises though, because it's hard to get people, but um, we got Kyle today. So without further fucking, what's the saying? What's the saying? Without PK? further ado. Is that what it is? Without I don't know. I think so. it's something. This is why we are what we are. We're <laughs> with, that- I don't, I don't. Is that what without, it is? Somebody else, somebody said, without further ado, it sounds yeah, right. See, this I don't is know. where you could call into the show and be like, <laughs> Stu, you fucking loser. It's, it's without further fucking this, you know what I mean? So uh, maybe we're right, though. So this is what we're going to roll with. Without further ado, Kyle Bukowskis, baby. Let's go. Back with another interview and a guest for the second time on the show. No introduction needed, that, or this time, because last time I gave him a good one. Last time he mailed it in with the hat. This time he's got the... <laughs> The sports net look on the for us does that uh, does that mean we're big time? What do you think, DK? I don't know, I, Kyle. I don't know how much you like how many comments you get on a day to day basis. We posted a couple of clips of you last time when you were on the pod, and you like took you took the hat off, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, boys," and the hair was still just perfect. And all my boys text like, "Does this guy just w- roll out of bed? Just perfect hair still? Like, has he got glue in there?" Like everyone's like, <laughs> "What's the secret with this guy?" Like we don't get it. Yeah, well, it's that's not the case, trust me. And great to be on with you boys again. Thank you for for having me. So yeah, I, I felt bad about last time. Well, here's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, it, it it takes. I've managed to to be a little more efficient in in making it all come together uh, over the years, but still, it does take a bit of time. So out of my own laziness, um, yeah, when I I do uh, just some of the the interviews from home, uh, yeah, it's nice to just take a more casual. Uh, type of feel too that that was the only thing it was it was uh in no way uh, a reflection of of uh, how i view it appearing on this this podcast i'm thrilled to be on with you guys so um but i figured uh, after you guys gave me a hard time last time i would i would try to put it together here this afternoon we're just messing with you kyle um <laughs> i was wondering like maybe like years down the line from now how like crazy it would be if you just showed up with like a completely different haircut like imagine you hopped on home op- or opening day with a haircut yeah. like DK's right there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not opposed to it. I mean, the problem is it it takes a while to to get flow that that good, and not everybody can can pull it off as as well as you can, DK. So uh, I, uh, I I've thought about mixing it up a little bit, but um, you know, I guess I you only want to push it too far before someone uh, in the executive suite uh, sends an email or even worse, a phone call and reads of the riot act so i gotta make sure not to, to push it too far is lou lamorello your boss yeah i was gonna say no, no but, but you no, know yeah. how it works <laughs> oh yeah Gosh, yeah you, you wear a different tie one week and it's like what are you doing that for <laughs> no it's uh my head just blew up saying you know pull it off as well as i can this has been this has been months in the in the making and it's just more laziness than it is pulling it off you throw a hat on backwards and let it flow and 
Hopefully, right. looking but like you know the way it comes and tucks in behind the ears and sits nicely on the shoulders like that. That takes uh, months and months of working that into place. <laughs> Massage. Yeah, I'll be bald for a while because I got to wear a hat. Just pull the hairline back, so I'll, I'll, I'll have a bad hairline after this. This flow is gone. Uh, it'll be worth it though. <laughs> Last year, you you had like the stash going for like I don't I don't know how long, but was that a Movember thing or was it just? Uh... It was. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, trust me. I'm I, I, happy to do it for a good cause. Uh, not do it ever just because, clearly. <laughs> I think it looked good. Ty, if he was here, he'd have some compliments for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we miss him. Yeah, we do. Um, you got married this summer. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was, uh, yeah, I mean, and we've been together for over 10 years now. So uh, it was just nice to, I guess, make it official and. It was a great, uh, great party, beautiful venue. Uh, we did it out in Canmore, Alberta. Um, for those that uh, haven't been out there, highly recommend it. Um, you know, I obviously hear a lot about Banff uh, as like a popular spot to go, but man, it can be so busy there, of course, during the heart of summer and the heart of winter as it's a big tourist attraction. Canmore is not too far away, uh, and it's basically all the same views there. Uh, right in the thick of the mountains, the Three Sisters and so on. Uh, it's a gorgeous spot. So uh, the venue was great. The weather held off. Uh, it was just a, a really good hang. What, uh, I guess I got two questions. First, before the wedding, what'd you get, where'd you go for the bachelor party? Where'd you guys get into some trouble for that? And then where where you guys <laughs> go on the honeymoon? Are you guys going like tropical kind of thing? Are you guys go or just out there kind of like and just relax after? Yeah, honeymoon's TBD. We'll, we'll see on that one. It's been a pretty big year for us. Uh, so the plan was like, let's get through the wedding and then just take a bit of an exhale and kind of see where we're at a little ways down the line. But uh, the bachelor party was out in Kelowna. Uh, so went out West again, uh, just, I mean, cause I'm, I'm a BC guy and uh, most of the, well, all the guys that um, came out there for it were living in either Calgary or, or West of there. Uh, so it was an easy stop for them. And that's another gorgeous gorgeous spot um and we got there I mean, before they they had all their serious fire concerns through the month of august but um uh, man what a what a wonderful few days it was there golf had a day out on the lake um a couple good nights down in in downtown Kelowna, and then from there my brother and i flew to seattle we went to go see the mlb uh, home run derby and all-star game for a few days there just the way the dates lined up it was it was perfect i'd never gone to to that event before so um yeah it was it was a really really cool summer guys how was the home run derby live? Like on TV, it gets a little long, right? Like when you're watching on TV and whatever, a little repetitive, yeah. but I imagine when you're there, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah. And like the ballpark was packed both days. Uh, so the derby I found, cause we were sitting along the first base side. Uh, and so we're kind of watching it like this. And if you remember when they first went to the format that they're doing now, where it's kind of bracket style, um, I believe when they first went to it, the rule was like you couldn't ask for the next pitch until your previous ball landed wherever, whether it was out of the yard or or somewhere yep. in the outfield. Um, but now, like you can just ask for them as, as soon as you're ready. So literally, they call for them so quick. Like you watch one go, and kind of at its apex, you had to kind of make a judgment in your mind, going, "Okay, that's gone," or "Nope, that's staying in the yard." And then you had to turn back to the plate again because another pitch was coming. So it happened really, really quick. The highlight though, I felt was, was Adley Rutschman. It was great to see Vladdy win it, of course. Um, Cause for us growing up out on, on the West coast, like that was where we went to go see the blue Jays play as kids growing up is when they came through Seattle. 
Um, and I, we went there two, three times growing up and Seattle won every time we'd gone there. Uh, so to see a, a Blue Jay win in that ballpark uh, was was kind of neat for for us. But Adley Rushman was was the highlight there. So you know he's a switch hitter, right? So yep. he was uh, batted on the the right side of the plate for his three minutes and did pretty well. I think he hit like twenty homers. And then for his thirty second bonus time, went over to the other side of the plate and hit eight for eight. Like he, his dad threw him eight pitches, and all eight of them he put over the wall. It was unbelievable. The crowd was going crazy. So. It was a uh, it was a neat experience. That's his weak side, they say. I think on the broadcast, right. they were so like fired up, and I'm pretty sure he ended up losing that round, though, didn't he? Yes, right, because <laughs> he went first, and you're like, oh my god, like because yeah. um, I think it was I think that was the second matchup. So compared to like what the the two previous right. guys did, where he was at, it was like, oh, he's sitting pretty. And then uh, I can't remember who he played or who was like who Luis Robert against, or something. I think. Yeah, yeah, and he beat him. It was like, oh man, but uh, that was a highlight. I always think the pressure in the home run derby, like as much as it is like on the bat, like it, imagine being the pitcher, like, and you just get like one of those things where you can't find the spot and it's like, you're right. out there on the mound. And like, uh, there's so much pressure. I feel like on the guy that's throwing you BP, like I, I, I wouldn't be able to do, I'd crumble for sure. I'd crumble for sure. Yeah, exactly. Especially now where it's your, your time, right. Where it's not the, the same, uh, 10, 10 or 20 outs that they had yeah. in, in the old format that, uh, You've got to be locked in as as the guy throwing the BP. It's just yeah, it's 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 cool to see it all in person there, and just yeah, you get a greater appreciation of uh, just pitch after pitch after pitch, uh, the exit velocity, and just how how far they're hitting these things. It's incredible. You were on the crew for the National Bank Open again this year. Um, yeah, how was that? It's one of my favorite weeks of the year for work. Uh, no question. Like I, I, I love going doing hockey. Don't get me wrong. The, the playoff grind is, is tiring, but, but really, really re- rewarding. Uh, the tennis it's, it's a long week, long hours there. I think we, we probably average over 12 hours each day that we were at the grounds. Um, but man, like just the, the stuff you get to see up close and, and in person, uh, and in person, it's, it's so, so special. Um, the athleticism and and again like the power that they're able to generate uh the different things they're able to do there's i, I feel there's there's kind of a, a stigma out there i don't know if it's it's super popular but certainly among the the more casual the casual tennis fans like men's tennis is kind of boring because it's just like big serve bomb it and like serve and volley and like the points are really quick but um like if you watch like the carlos alcaraz of the world's obviously novak um Daniil Medvedev and Alex Dimonor, Francis Tiafo, like the the defending in which they play, their ability to return is is so impressive to keep points alive. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, those are those are really really great events to to cover. Um, as right holders, I feel they they treat you really well. Um, it's 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 neat the access that that you get there. Um, and then actually. So yeah, I worked that and I've done that every year. I've been at Sportsnet. And then uh, a few weeks ago, my, my wife and I just went down to New York for, for a couple of days and we saw the, the first men's semi at the U.S. Open. It was uh, Djokovic, uh, Ben Shelton. Uh, that was my first time I've ever been to, to Flushing Meadows there and inside Arthur Ashe Stadium. And, and that was a whole other experience in, in itself. So uh, between that and, and playing a lot of tennis this summer, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of time around those yellow fuzzy balls. It's been great. <laughs> so wait are you a player like you're you're right into it 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not a player, but uh, but like my wife and I go and and we probably hit you know a couple times each week throughout the the summer when when we were in town. Um, we we love it. Um, again, we just go out for an hour and see how long we can keep rallies going. And and I think just with a couple of pointers here and there from some friends of ours that that know the game way better than than us. Um, between that and just going and playing lots, like you know, we look back kind of where we were four or five years ago when we went out and first kind of started playing to where we are now. It's like, hey, we've actually we've improved a lot. So I mean, it's a great way to stay in shape, and it's very similar to golf. That like when everything times perfectly on like a forehand or whatever you're trying to shot you're trying to make, like just the the ecstasy that comes with that, you're like, oh, I want to do that over and over again. Um, just like that that pure strike shot in, in golf that keeps you coming back. Uh, tennis is very similar in that way I find well right. I imagine it's like that for viewing as well too right like people who are like oh tennis is boring it's this and that well like I mean I'm a golfer like and I watching golf is boring as hell too right <laughs> like it's it's there's no difference but yeah. when I watch tennis like I find especially when you get the top like top guys yeah like the return game is like it's so impressive to watch I mean, like guys are running stretching out and like even just I, whenever I try to do like a desperation shot at tennis balls going outside of the like the fence, right? And these guys are keeping right. it in or whatever. But is tennis similar to golf in that sense where you're like, you, your serves are on today, but I can't hit a forehand or I can't hit a back. Like, you know, right. in golf, you could never put it together. I'm driving, but I can't putt today. Is tennis like that right. too? Exactly. I, yeah, I, I think so. I think you, you see it just throughout the matches where, yeah, if, if a guy's first serve is, is off, well, um, are you, are you doing enough with your, your second serve to still dictate points or, are you are you returning well enough that that you're able to give yourself an opportunity to to break and um, you know get yourself in the driver's seat of a set? Um, it's it's very similar. That yeah, like it's it's very rare where like everything is is clicking all at once unless you're a Novak Djokovic. Um, so you know you're always finding the the adjustments. And I mean golf, you're literally I mean you're playing against yourself. Um, tennis, you got to worry about the stuff that the guy on the other side or the woman on the other side of the net is, is throwing back at you too. So, um, and, and similar, I mean, now I know there's, there's, there's more rules with, with tennis. They've relaxed kind of the ability to, to talk to coaches at, at changeovers and stuff, but in a lot of ways, like you're by yourself out there. Um, like there's, there's no teammate to come pick you up. Um, there's no one you can head off and, and, uh, change for and, and have a rest. Like you're, you're there and, and you've got to find answers. And if you don't, then, um, you know, your, your weeks probably not uh, as long as, as you would like it's, and it's amazing. Like you watch again, just the, the level of, of athleticism that they perform at. And to think that that's effectively every week for these men and women on tour, uh, I, I have don't understand how, how they do it. Also how they slide on hardcore, like they're on clay or grass. Makes no sense. I just like my ankles hurt watching it and just like, <laughs> uh, it's so smooth though. Um, yeah, so much of it doesn't make sense, but I, I can't get enough of it. How is Alcaraz? I saw, like, you mentioned sliding right there. I saw him, I watched the semifinal with him, and I forget the American guy's name, but uh, Alcaraz lost, but he slid, like, a ton of times, it felt like, almost just reaching for stuff. But what's he, like, uh, kind of live? Because he kind of taken the tennis world by storm. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's electric, man. It's uh, It's amazing how quickly already... Uh, within you know really a, a year and, and a half probably this this meteoric rise that that he's moved the needle like I, I mean I remember when I first started you know working the the National Bank Open Rogers Cup back then um, you know when it was still regular that uh, a Roger or a Rafa 
uh, would would be at those tournaments. And there was a buzz around them. And certainly, you know, they would play, they would start later in the week. Obviously, they would play, you know, prefer to play the night session. Um, and, you know, it was it was pretty full on on center court uh, when when their their matches came around. And I think it's part and parcel because uh, it just the way Al- Alcaraz plays and obviously in Canada with the popularity of the sport over the last 10 years in general. Um, but like center court in Toronto was sold out like from Wednesday on when Alcaraz began his his week um, and just the the crowds around him at the practice courts. That's the other thing that's really cool. If you go to a, a tennis event, uh, the way, you know, a lot of places construct their grounds, Toronto and Montreal being being two of them. Uh, the ability as a fan to access and watch players practice sometimes that's as captivating as as the matches themselves. So um, the flair with the you know which he plays with, um, and I, I'm no expert in in the game, but but talking to people that that are, uh, you know, the one comment you hear often is just he's a guy that, I mean, tries things, and it's not even like trying things that it's like, well, maybe this will work, but he tries things that I think a lot of players wouldn't even think to try and he's doing it with the mindset of like I can make a play here and it's as opposed to like a hope slash desperation maybe like just natural athletic ability maybe I can make something happen here um like there's there's a plan behind all of it uh he's just at a a different level in in that sense and uh so yeah it was he was a really great uh showing in in Toronto obviously we went out he went on the quarters of the Friday night against uh, Tommy Paul who was playing and serving out of his mind that night. Um, but there was still at one point in uh, the second set, I think, when when Alcaraz hit a, a tweener winner down the line and the place went bananas. I was standing at the top of the 100 level when it happened and couldn't believe what I had seen. Um, so that's it's stuff like that that I think why he's, there's such a love affair already with the guy. And, um, you know, you, you win Wimbledon and you know, people don't forget your name. Yeah, no doubt. Think, that, that tweener was insanity. Go ahead, yeah, DK. It was. Well, just like, and part of it too is like, it's the same thing in golf with the crowds, I feel like, in tennis now and the way they follow, like, where like, you know, golf and tennis was always like, oh, it's a gentleman's club. If you go there, you got to do the low, low clap and you don't want to get into it. But then like now, I mean, like, you see like even like Felix, like he was, you remember that clip of him this year just screaming at the fans like this, like just yeah. yelling at guys and like the fans are giving it back and the way Kyrios does it too. Like, it just feel like it's more relaxed. And more of like that, that kind of, I don't know, sports have brought on like a party atmosphere almost like nowadays in the crowds, right? And it's just yes, more entertaining. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there still is certainly an, an eliteness to to tennis, particularly. I haven't spent a lot of time around like professional golf events. I mean, I've, I've been to one in, in total in my life, but um, but tennis, I think there, there still is is that vibe. But but yeah, you're right. And I'll, I'll just go back to, you know, being at, at Flushing Meadows um, a few weeks ago. I mean, there that that crowd on Ash is is among the most rabid, I think, on the whole tennis circuit outside of you know Davis Cup events. So I, I, I yeah, I, I think it it generates more interest when you think, hey, like it's it's a good place to go and have fun. Um, you know, you see the amount of star power, the different notable names in in sports or in pop culture that that want to come out and watch the the best players in the world. So naturally, that creates more interest. It transcends the the sport of tennis itself. Um, it's, uh, it's, I think it's got a, it's got a good thing going right now. Like Alcaraz is a, is a huge meal ticket for the sport in in general, as we're kind of saying bye to the, the big four era. Uh, I know Novak still seems like he's got a a number of years left yet where he'll be chasing down slams. But, um, as we embark and and move away from, from the Roger Rafa years, 
Uh, it feels like the the sport is still in in good hands with uh, some some young talent that uh, that can bring the crowd to to its feet. It seemed like the storyline of the first half of the NBO is was kind of the return performance of Roundish, like especially on home soil. Like, what was that like? Mm-hmm. Really cool, really cool. And so I, I spend most of the week over on the on the uh, the National Bank Court, uh, the, which I guess used to be called Grandstand in Toronto, um, but like the the B Court uh, there. So you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff on on center, I, I would catch a little bit here and there. Um, but it was it was just great to see. I mean, because you know, I mean, spent like two years effectively away and trying to get healthy again. And this is someone who you know, at his peak when healthy was a top five player in the world, but that was always the issue was staying healthy for a long enough run where you thought he could have a legitimate chance at, at winning a slam. I mean, he did get to the Wimbledon final in, in 2016, but, um, you know, it just, it felt like his, his body was, was constantly breaking down on him. So knowing all of that, uh, knowing the fact that he loved and, and always answered the call for, for Canada, you know, a Davis cup and, and trying to play in his, his home event, uh, whenever he could, whenever his body allowed, um, it was, yeah, it was a great moment for, for, for him to win, win a couple of matches. And then I think, uh, you know, against it was, was Mackie McDonald, I think that eventually knocked him out. Right. And he just, he, you could tell, I just had, it would have been, I imagine, uh, just a draining week for him to, to that point. And, and it just didn't seem like he had much gas left in, in the tank, but you know, a week where, you know, Felix, you know, Dennis didn't didn't play. Felix went out early, um, so to have you know a bit of a, a Canadian run there through at least the the first half of the week, it always helps for for interest and um, just good for for the sport and in the country in general. Well, so I'm I'm going to go off of that. So like I know Felix is up there in the top. I think last time I looked, he was a top twenty five in the rankings kind of thing. And and Milos came out of nowhere and had a run. Um, is is there any like young up and cup? Up and coming talent for Canadian tennis right now that like really is flying under the radar that you would know that you would shout out like a name on the female or male side. Well, I I don't know the the women's side as as much, but um, keep an eye out for a kid by the name of Gabriel Diallo. Uh, so we won a main draw match um, against uh, Daniel Evans in in Toronto at at the MBO this year, um, and and Daniel Evans was just coming off. He I think he won in Washington like the week previous. Uh, now the schedule makers didn't do him any favors. It was a pretty tight turnaround from like winning a tournament to like playing your first round in the next city at the next event. Um, but still the kid was full value. Um, like he is just, he is very long, big serve moves pretty well for, for a kid, his, his size. Um, so, and he's kind of, you know, taken a bit of a, a bigger leap here over the last year. Like he was, I think he was ranked, um, at the time of the tournament a year ago somewhere in the two fifties, I want to say, um, you know, playing major majorly on, on challengers, even this year. So the win in Toronto was like his first ATP main draw victory. Um, and for it to come at a master's event is, is pretty damn cool. And in Canada of all places. So he had some tools there and I thought, you know, felt he looked really composed in, in certain, you know, the, the bigger points, um, you know, he had, he had drawn a, a pretty good crowd around him. I imagine one of the biggest crowds he had ever played in front of. Um, so you can only imagine just the, the pressure and, and the thoughts that be going through your mind when you feel yourself getting closer and closer to match point. Um, but he did a good job closing out and uh, it just, just a lot of things that, that I saw there. I went, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And then I think just within this last week of the Davis cup qualifiers, he, he had some good results there too. So um, he's starting to, his, his name's popping up more and more. And, and I'm curious to see 
and over the next couple of years, how far he can can push things. Unreal. We'll keep an eye out. To name it, we got the full scouting report from Kyle. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to hockey. You got. I mean, it's the busy time of the year coming up for you. Um, have you been like kind of keeping up on the prospect showcase recently? Um, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, usually kind of these next few weeks. It's yeah, for me. It's kind of reminding myself of kind of what went on in the off season for teams like Toronto and you know obviously Ottawa, given that's where I live, and and Montreal as well. Um, and and watch a little bit uh, in terms of just keep an eye on what's going on at uh, the different rookie tournaments that that go on. Um, I did see Connor Bedard's hat trick, Fantilli's hat trick as well. Um, and and you know on the on the Toronto front and and Ottawa bits and pieces here and there. But um, generally for me, just because of where those teams are are at in terms of uh, what their their goals are for for the year, I mean more of my focus is kind of towards main camp and. Um, you know, what the, the big squad is, is ultimately going to look like. Yeah. It's been nice as a Leafs fan to not have to really worry about like the prospect tournament. Cause for so year, so many years, it's like we had to worry about the prospect tournament because that's all we yeah. had to look forward to. Cause they were guys coming up. Right. But going with that, I know last time we were on here, like because of the way you cover on um, teams, like you always like, you don't have an allegiance with a team kind of like unbiased reporting, but you got any NHL predictions for this year? Like even just a bold prediction where like, whether it's the senators, I know he's not saying they're going to make the, the playoffs or he's not going to commit to it, but you think that they're going to be better than people think or the Leafs or you got any type of bold prediction for the NHL season this year? You know what? Uh, quite honestly, guys, and I'm not trying to cop out of the, the question at all. Like I, I, it's tough for me to like, you know, and, and I, you see it all the time and I understand why the, the conversations happen, but like to sit here in September and go, well, who's going to make the playoffs and well, which of the 16 teams are going to drop out? It's like, well, how, how do you really know? Like players today was the first day they were actually on the ice. Like, so until you start to see teams as they've come together and have a sense of, of where they're at, who's healthy, where do the injuries start to, to play a factor in, in certain situations, uh, you, you really don't know. Like it's all just anecdotal. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I will say, I, you know, if, if, I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but I, I feel, you know, as, as tough as it is losing, you know, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci in, in, in one off season, I, I think the Bruins will, will be a, a playoff team. I just feel, I know, you know, where they are now, their team is different from where they were two years ago, different from where they were five years ago. Um, you know, some key names have, have left over, over that time, but I, you know, I really found just, just being around that organization, a, a decent amount over, you know, my time working for, for Sportsnet and covering playoff series in Boston and, uh, you know, the run to the cup final in 2019, they just seem like they've, they've got things under control. And, um, you know, the one line I think Elliot Friedman has, has used that, you know, the reputation is the, the Bruins always figure it out. And I, I really do believe that just with my time around them. So, um, I, I don't believe they're going to be breaking the record they set last year in terms of regular season success, but I, I think they're they're a team that is is going to be in the playoffs uh, once again, despite uh, taking a pretty significant hint in a their their culture and leadership and their captain and and obviously their depth down the middle. I think they're going to figure a way uh, to get in uh, despite all of that. Sure. I mean, they got some superstars like up front. Still, like they're still like a really good looking team to me. It's just like it seems like. Obviously, you want that number one center is almost like right. the centerpiece of a team, right? And who's going to be the Charlie Coyle going to be that guy, right? But otherwise, right. like they were the best like decor in the league, in my opinion, last year. Um, right, good goal tandem. Yep, yep, goal and Allmark. I think won the Vesna, right? 
Yeah, and I'm curious to see how he bounces back this year after the way things unraveled against Florida in the first round. But as I say, I, I, I believe you know that that team there is is going to figure it out. No doubt. Well, I'm happy you gave us something for sure because I would have called cop out if you just said no, no. I again after the last appearance, I got ripped for wearing a hat. I'm thinking, okay, I can't take the easy way out anywhere here. <laughs> what about this? I'll give you a good one. Um, how about player predictions and and uh, assuming. He plays healthy the entire season. Um, mm-hmm. Over or under 35 goals for Connor Bedard? Oh, oh, over. I think I always oh. take the over. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's like, well, he, he doesn't have his, uh, you know, a great selection of weapons to, to play with. I, I understand that. I still think, I mean, Taylor Hall is, is a more than capable player, assuming they'll get a lot of time together. Um, but Man, like just watching the way that kid shoots it, like I, I think he's he's gonna f- he'll find space for himself. Maybe, maybe I'm sure there's an adjustment. I, I know, and it's easy to get excited to watch a kid rip up, you know, the the WHL and the World Juniors. It's a completely different world in the NHL. I know that, uh, but there's something about uh, that that kid's vision, the the way the puck finds him, and and his release is something. One thing I'm curious about. So I I heard last year. I mean that that guy used like a 67 flex. <laughs> Uh, for his stick and and for those that grew up playing hockey you remember like being peewee age using a 67 flex um so I, I wonder if he stays with that or if he goes for something a little stiffer just because of i mean how do you win a battle in the corner against yeah, yeah. <laughs> nhl caliber <laughs> defenders with it you think we'll just be like bending all over the place it'll be yeah, a, like, a ruler. You know, like a wet noodle yeah. um but anyway it's it's that's when i heard that i'm like that's unbelievable um, but I mean, it makes sense when you look at the, the torque he's able to, to generate and, and the whip on, on his shot. Uh, but I wonder if there's, there's, there's any adjustment there. Well, there probably will be. I mean, like we, I, I love Phil Kessel. This isn't a shot at him, but he could use a 67 flex. Is he not going in yeah. the corners and saying Gavin a puck anyways, and his whole career, <laughs> yeah, right? But right. so, but I don't yeah. think Bedard is like that. I never, have you seen him play live as well, Kyle Bedard? Oh, have I seen him play live? Actually, I don't know if I have. I, I haven't covered World Juniors in a number of years, so I, I missed him there. Um, sorry, yes, I did actually. Yeah, I was I was in town uh, in Calgary um, last uh, around this time last year. It was right at the beginning of October, and uh, they had come through. Regina came through and, and played the Hitman on a Sunday afternoon. It was obviously early in, in the season, and uh, and I saw him then. Um, they were you could tell they were a tired group. Like it was the end of a three and three for Regina that weekend, but. Um, still it was, it was neat to, to see him live. So yes, I have seen him the one time. Yeah, he's a guy that even just like, what, like you have to go and see him. I feel like if he comes through, like, like I'm so where I'm at, I'm just beside the Detroit border. So like, as soon as Chicago comes into Detroit, like I want to go see him. And like, that's yeah. saying something for me too, right? Like as just a diehard Leafs fan, I'm going to go watch Chicago, Detroit, like just to go watch like, uh, him. And I don't know, that's, uh, there's a, like, I guess leads into kind of my, my next question of like, What's your favorite event or like night or like interview, something that you've had this over the past year where like you look back on it and you're like, that'll be on the Kyle B highlight tape when I, when it's all said and done of your career. Like, is there something in the last year that was like that? Whether it's, like I said, whether it would be a Bedard seeing him live or anything like that, or what's the, what's on the Kyle B highlight tape from this past year? Hmm. Good question. So we, uh, during the cup final, uh, we shot like, uh, what's, what's called like our, our opening, like tee up for, for a game before, uh, game five. So the game that, that Vegas closed out and, and, and won the whole thing. Um, 
we, we'd set it up. So our, our producer, Jeff Girardat, was working with the league. Um, and we ended up, we were on a barge on the, the water in front of the Bellagio where the fountains are. And, and we shot an opening. We had the Stanley Cup there with us. And uh, we had, you know, members of, from the Bellagio hotel staff um, and the, the crew that, that worked on the fountains were on the barge with us. And so we had control of the fountains are like, let us know when you're ready to go. Like we'll start. Cause usually they're like every half hour, they do their little show. Um, so we're right there on the Vegas strip um, on the water in front of the Bellagio uh, controlling the, uh, the fountains. And if you do a bit of research uh, you can look, it's not cheap. Each time they, they run one of those fountain shows, like it, it comes at a hefty price um, with those, uh, those geysers. And so we, we shot our opening, uh, there for, for game five of the, the final. And that, it was just one of those, like, you know, who would have thought, or I, you know, you never would imagine you'd be in, in that situation. And there's people walking by on the strip and they're like, is that the Stanley cup? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, it was just, yeah, I just, we, it was place you, you never thought, uh, you would be and uh, a, a real, a real highlight, I think, uh, once this is all said and done, I'll always remember that one. Heck yeah, right up there with the the Chuck interview, right? Oh, the Charles Barkley. Yes, yeah, <laughs> part two uh, this year yeah. in, in Florida. That. That, was, yeah. that was great. He didn't seem yeah. as uh, as um, as chatty this this year than he did that first year. But like, yeah, he was that. We we clipped that and put it on our socials from the first time of like that Charles Barkley interview. Like that first yeah. one's still the best thing. Calling you the Canadian Tom Brady, like that's, that's <laughs> yes. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, as I say, yeah, that was in the second intermission, and this time around, I was in the first intermission. Okay. So I was still, it was a bit earlier in the night, uh, which was, may, may have played a, a role. But he still went on on a tangent about Jack Eichel snubbing him in the hotel lobby to the point where, like, the next day, like, we're back in Vegas, so there's a whole scrum around Jack, and they're like, "So what's the deal? Like, did you really not who know who Charles Barkley was?" And he's like, "No, I did. Like, it's it was kind of taken out of context." <laughs> oh my god uh so we still yeah he still managed to to generate some some buzz out of that he is can't miss like you oh. it's never bad tv when when charles barkley's on so i really appreciate him agree to come on a second time with us yeah no doubt what's your assignment this year is it ottawa again and then like travel on weekends um i we haven't seen a, a schedule yet to be totally honest guys i i haven't heard anything different so i'm kind of preparing that way but um, yeah, we're, we're, we can be very, you know, month to month in, in, in this business, which, which is okay. It's, it's, a uh, still thankful for doing what we're doing. And, um, so we'll, we'll see, I mean, uh, there's a chance maybe go over for those, those games in, in Sweden in November. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's going to be an opportunity to, to work some of the, the bigger events through, throughout the season. We'll see, uh, which ones they, they end up being, but, um, yeah, still, still TBD on in terms of the the week to week, but um, you know, as as the last few years of, or if there are any indication, then um, I'll, I'll be spending lots of time around the the Leafs on on Saturdays and um, here in Ottawa during the week and, and a few other trips uh, in between that. So uh, it'll be another busy year, I hope, uh, and can't wait to get get going. I have to ask this. Uh... Just out of respect for Ty, so he has something to look forward to. What's what's your thoughts on the Jake Sanderson contract? Like uh, contract, um, you get to see him play a lot, obviously. And uh, some yeah. people say it's a crazy overpay for a guy that's only played one year. And then a lot of the Sens fans are like super pumped. So, what are your thoughts? I I, I think the kid's a stud, honestly. And and here's what I, I think he ended up finishing sixth in 
uh, Calder Trophy voting last year. I believe I I had him second on my ballot, and so uh, obviously I had Beniers one, and I think it was him two, and then Owen Power three. And I really wrestled with do I put Power first or Sanderson? And of course, like the thought goes through my mind of like, well, am I only leaning Sanderson because I live in Ottawa and I see him more often? Is there like that natural bias there? I really tried to remove that from from the equation, but um, just looking at like again, I know he didn't have like offensive numbers that that popped off off the chart um but uh, the situations he played in uh how much shorthanded ice time he played in uh and just how he was utilized like he was he was the top defender uh for the Ottawa Senators and I know the Sens weren't the the standard when it came to defending in in the NHL last season but for a guy in his first year to to take on that responsibility and and not only survive but but thrive in a lot of those situations and um, to be on on the right side of of the numbers when um, he was on the ice and and the play was in the Ottawa zone. Uh, that's that's ultimately why I, I I gave him the the edge over Owen Power, who I think is a wonderful player too. Um, so we'll see. Like I, it seemed like you know last year was a lot about establishing himself in the NHL, establishing himself as a as a good defender. Um, now I wonder, you know, how much they they let him and and put him in situations to succeed offensively. Like, I think he's he's got the the mind and and the skill to to do it. Um, I think he's he's a hell of a player that that looks after himself, that is is serious about being great, is serious about winning. Um, so I, I again, I not to bring up Elliot Friedman any more than I have to, um, but uh, you know, he has the line that, you know, if, if you have a, a young player that you believe is a cornerstone piece that, you know, sign him for as long as, as you possibly can, because the price rarely goes down. And I think it's, it's the case here. I mean, you look at just within the organization, Tim Stutz was a guy where a year ago he signed for eight years and it was like, Whoa, that's a lot of money to, to give this guy, you know, who just had two years under his belt, one of which was a 56 game season. Fair enough, but you look at after the season he just had 90 points, 39 goals. You're trying to do that negotiation now. You're probably looking at what conceivably another two million per year he could be asking for, and you wouldn't. It wouldn't be out of the realm of uh, possibility that he could get. Um, so that was a smart gamble already. It feels like it's it's becoming a bargain, and I think they believe and are hoping that it's going to be a, a similar case for for a guy like like Jake Sanderson. I, I thought. You know, when Thomas Shabbat signed his deal, which was at a similar time, um, which was around just a little bit less than what, what Sanderson ultimately signed for, I thought at the time that I'm like, oh, looking back, that's going to be viewed as, as an absolute steal. I know it hasn't totally worked out that way. And, and part of it, I think, is, is circumstance that, um, you know, they were so thin on the blue line for so long that he was so overworked. And I, I think maybe that, that hurt him a little bit over time. Um, but uh, I, I think in Sanderson's case now, you're, you're, you're in a spot where the team's ready to win. Uh, you've got some decent depth around you when it comes to the the rest of the blue line. Um, yeah, I, I I understand the the concern of only seventy seven games and just how unprecedented it is. Uh, but I, I I'm it's not my money, but but I'd be willing to to bet on that kid. Well, and and I hate to say it too because like it's it's the Senators, but um and I'm not a like a hockey scout by any means, but I went to Detroit in uh, Mo Sider's uh, rookie year, and it was like he mm-hmm. came out, and it's like just how smooth like he played like it was just like a like unbelievable so then we went to that ottawa game last year and i had to look at our our podcast and be like jake sanderson's that guy too like he was so smooth out there and just looked like he belonged it's like how many games did he play oh this is his 40th like god like he's gonna be good right like 
And uh, I, yeah, on those guards, I'm right with you with Shabbat because I going in, I'm like Shabbat's so good. He's he's definitely not like the number one defenseman. And our guys like no no Sanderson is. And yeah, watching him for one game, it's like yeah, he had the same thing as that Mo Sider where you're like this is going to be like a cornerstone of a franchise. And it's just good to watch. It's good to see. Yeah, he was their best defenseman last year. It's uh, it's it's amazing. Already one year in, but but that's that's what he he became. And I'll give the organization cre- credit because I think they've been guilty in the past of maybe overselling, overhyping some of their prospects coming in. But I mean, they were very conservative when it came to Jake Sanderson. They 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 gave him the extra year at North Dakota, and they said, "Look, we believe we have a good player here, but the important thing is we just want him to get in, get comfortable." make sure he can play at this level. Um, and then you watch how quickly he, he figured it all out. It was like, oh, yeah, you can see why. Because remember the debate at the time, like, do you, like uh, Jamie Drysdale still, like, are you taking him over Jamie Drysdale? And so you think about, yeah, I, I know it's been discussed a lot, but Stutzla 3, Sanderson 5, that draft has potentially changed their franchise forever. Unreal. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of franchises that have changed forever, I, I have to ask you about this. I don't know how much you could comment on it. You've Covered Toronto, have done a lot of interviews with Mike Babcock. Mm-hmm. Then you hear what happened out in Columbus. And yeah. I just want to know like your take on it because at first I thought it was like, oh, if he's just getting asked for pictures of the family, that's not that weird. But then obviously with him resigning, there was some more going on. Like, what do you like? What's your take on the Babcock thing? Like, should they have not signed him right off the rip, or is this just like what he does? Yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting lesson going forward when it comes to you know if, if an organization is is going to give someone that that has a bit of a, a checkered past that comes with some baggage you know a, a second chance and, and i'm all for for second chances um you know it's funny like and, and you heard even in, in toronto that you know that that babcock was a, a bit of a grinder that you know certainly there's there's a shelf life to um you know how he uh, goes about things with with players, and and they can get tired of of uh, his spin. And um, you know, I I worked with Jason York for for a few years with with Sportsnet, and um, he he was in Anaheim when when Babcock first came in uh, as coach of the the Ducks in two thousand two. Um, didn't have some some great things to say about him then, um, but it, you know, it, on the media side, like he was he was always very good to me. Like I, especially you know when I first started working Leaf games, I, I was you know quite a bit younger. I was incredibly nervous, incredibly intimidated. Um, but, but, and, and he could have been an asshole to me going like, why am I wasting my time talking to this kid? But he was incredibly good to me. So in terms of my interactions with him, I, I never had a problem with him. Um, but you know, when you see, yeah, what, what, what happened in Columbus. And of course I, I don't know the full story, but, um, just reading, you know, a little bit more about it. And, um, I read, uh, a piece on, on, on our website about, uh, you know, just the, what, what gone on that something happened away from team facilities where you had someone's phone for several minutes. Like you just, you, you can't do that. You yeah, can't do that. Weird. No. Yeah. It's just weird. Um, so uh, yeah. And there's really not much more to say than that. Like, I mean, we know in this day and age, how valuable and, and how personal someone's phone can be. Certainly when it comes to the photos they have on there, um, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, that's, that's a huge invasion of, of privacy and, um, yeah, you should not be tolerated from, from a coach at, at any level. Yeah. It was, it was the spit and chicklets guys. I think that broke that story too. And, and yes, do you like, that. right. Do you know, like, uh, do you know biz and wit and that crew like at all? And like, do you think 
um, them not as like technically part of like a, well, they are, I guess, part like of the media. Um, but breaking stories like that with personal relationships with players where they can like get that inside information. Do you think there's like a lack of trust? Cause they took some, like, they took a lot of heat for, uh, bringing that story, especially when before the firing happened, it seemed like they didn't have any validation behind their story. And then now it came out that, or I guess the, there was the mutual resigning and then, um, it looked better on them, but still there was like a a lot of people that thought, um, they're just like an anti-Babcock crew and, and, that's not fair to members of the league. Right. And, and, but I think Bizonet, I, I don't listen to their, their podcast religiously. Like I see clips here, here and there, but you know, I know Biz came out and said like, look, at no point did I say, Hey, like this guy's got to be fired. Like, it's not like they were coming after him in that sense, but you know, I commend them in that. I, I and I know I, I've gotten to know Paul a little bit over the years. Um, you know, Whitney rear ad, I've seen them around it at different events and, and said, hi, um, I don't profess to know either of them like super, super well, but certainly one thing I have learned about biz, like I know at times you can, you know, has that, um, kind of personality that all oh, this guy's a loose cannon and always shooting from the hip. But I, I think everything he does like is, is thought out and, and measured. Like, I, I believe he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, whenever he goes on certain rants or on, on whatever the topic may be. So, um, as I watched, you know, that, that, that clip first surface, uh, when, when he first broke the story and then afterwards him doubling down on, um, what he had put out there. Like I, to me, I'm going like, I, I don't think this guy wouldn't just put that out there if it was hearsay. Um, you know, he legitimately believed and, and, um, had the information that, that thought, you know, this, this was true. And, and this was something, uh, worth putting out there because he felt that's that's not right like that that's not how a player should should feel that's not should not be the player coach relationship so um you know I, I commend him for uh sticking to his his guns when um naturally there's there's going to be a section of the crowd that that says you know you're you're not credible you're not right you've got no proof um because yeah I, he he believed something wrong had, had happened and, and as it turned out he was he was bang on unfortunately uh, that's the way it worked out but um you know good good for him for for sticking to his guns when and like he has too much to lose like they they have so much money he's on tnt he's got too much to lose just to make up a story like that right like he posted the text and i i feel like this is the the prime example of like you know how hockey the culture of hockey is changing where like stuff just stays in the room where this is something where like Mm -hmm. no this is like an abuse of power an abuse of privacy like you don't like you don't need to be taking guys phones and going through their pictures and stuff and it's like but if you're on the team and you're a young player, you can't speak up and say anything, right? Because you're not going to play. So, like, I just feel like this is that change in culture. Where as soon as Bissonette got that, it's like, no, this isn't right. We're to stand up for these guys. And I don't know. It's you hear the stories of what happened in Detroit and Toronto, and now like this, it's like it's on Columbus for even hiring the guy, giving him another chance, right? <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. And and I saw like I mean the statement came out from Jacket's ownership about um you know we don't plan on making any changes to our hockey operations staff at this time. It was like okay, at this time. Uh so you wonder, you know, what what that means in terms of a, a ticking clock, but um absolutely. I mean and again, you go back to the the press conference when 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 he was first hired and um Yarmo Kekalainen went on and on about um just the the due diligence that he did. Um, and, and all the work that went on behind the scenes to, to make sure that, that this was the, the right person from the job, all the conversations that, that he had. And, and you wonder, you know, what that, that ecosystem, that, that group of contact contacts looked like, um, because again, you don't, you don't have to go far for, 
um, to find, you know, former players uh, that, that played for him that, that, that had, had real, real issues. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not, not a big fan of, you know, that, that type of behavior of, of just, you know, always trying to, to dunk on someone every, every chance you, you get. Um, but, you know, clearly there's, there were some issues in the past with um, those that, that, that played for him. And I, I just, were any of them contacted during the hiring process? I'm, I'm guessing not. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure. Um, so that, that's, that's another wrinkle to the story uh, for sure. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It seems like young guys is like, tend to have a problem with them like a lot too. And they've got like such a big star in Fantilli, like fresh, freshly drafted. It seems just like a risky move to make, like hiring right. a guy like Babcock, right? And Line A obviously is still he's the there. He's kind of like, anything. Right. But clearly they felt there spent, was a pressure yeah. to win like this yeah. season, right? Yep. And I think that was probably the motivation behind bringing him in because they thought, okay, this Maybe, guy, even yeah. if it's for a short-term thing, that could push the right buttons. And, um, you know, there's talk about, you know, maybe there had been kind of a relaxed, more relaxed type culture there the, the last few years after John Tortorella left the organization and they were trying to, to rein all of that back in and, and felt he was, he was the, the right guy, the right guy for it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I had a conversation with a, a coach in the league, uh, not too long ago. And, um, you know, for all the talk of, you know, it's, it's not the same, the way players deal or coaches deal with players, you know, it's not the same now as it was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And he said like, it's not even the same the way it was five years ago, which when you think of it, it's not that long ago. Um, but just, you know, even that within the last five years, that next generation of players that have come into the league, um, there's a completely different set of, of standards just in terms of, I guess, from a coach's perspective, how, how you deal with them and, how you communicate with them and, and how ultimately you try to get the, the best out of them uh, way different from, from even prior to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's just a different, it's a, it's a different game and players I feel like have a lot more, you know, say and swagger and attitude now. Power. Than, yeah. A lot more, which it's always good. To, it's always good to see like it, you know, get more 50, 50, but you say that. And I always say like, I love watching NFL or NBA interviews where a guy's just like, I ain't playing here. I hate the GM. I hate the coach and trade me or whatever. And then you, I was joke around and say like, you know, with a uh, hockey player still, they answer a question. You got to get pucks in deep. You got to get bodies in front. You got to finish your checks. And the, the question was, how was your summer? <laughs> it's like, they always have the cliche right. still. So there's, there's still that aspect yeah. of it where you don't want to be a distraction to your team, but then hey, you hire guys like Tortorella, Babcock, you know, they're distractions to the team. I don't get why they just get a million chances because a player wouldn't. Right. It, right. I don't know. It's, it's weird that situation. And I feel bad for putting you on the spot. You have a lot more of a, of a things to lose than I do chirping Babcock or getting on him or whatever. So I feel bad for. No, and and certainly not, not chirping. Like, again, as I say, like I, he was always good to deal with, with me, um, on, on a, on a media, uh, rapport front. Um, but the sale, I just, as you read about what, what went on there and, and clearly, um, there was, there was a, an invasion of, of privacy and um, just some misconduct in terms of player coach dynamic there. Otherwise there, there wouldn't have been a, regna- a resignation. There wouldn't have been a story. Um, yeah. It just, it, it's quite clear. You, you can't do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no absolutely. doubt. Um, get a couple personal questions. I see it's 50 minutes now. Uh, we'll wrap up soon. I think at the end, we got a couple, a couple games for you. I think DK has a, 
a bit of a fun fun game to play games yeah yeah games so great get excited but uh um, i wanted to know uh i wanted to know do you have to get like recognized in public like since you're on uh i mean you're on tv every hockey night in canada i'm sure like you're out there getting recognized all the time no uh certainly not all the time i don't know it just depends i guess where you are if if you're at a game and I'm walking around with a suit and a microphone, it's maybe a little easier and you're in a place where it's full of fans that generally, you know, it's a good chance yeah, they watch right. games on TV as well as in person. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to make the, the connection. Um, I don't know. Every now and then, like you get, when you least expect someone may uh, know who you are, it, 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 it can, can happen. Um, like last week I went to, uh, so I don't know if you guys follow the, the Canadian premier league at all. the, the national pro soccer league. Um, so Pacific out of Victoria, which is about three hours from where I grew up. Um, so I, I try to just follow them and stuff anyway. So they, they came through Ottawa last Wednesday. And so my wife, I dragged my wife down to the, the game to go watch and cheer our boys on. And uh, so I, I don't know there, I've got my Jersey on. I had, I had my backwards hat on. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I, when I'm leaving the game afterwards and I just happened to check Twitter and someone tweeted at me saying, Hey, any chance you're at the athletical Ottawa game? And I thought, yeah, I was, but you just, the, the last thing you think um, when you're there and, you know, not dressed anything close to what you would be for being right. on television or a podcast <laughs> and uh and yeah someone's asking or someone spotted you or i think they spotted you so um yeah it pops up every now and then but um yeah to suggest it happens all the time uh i would say no it does not fair you ever signed an autograph though you ever had somebody ask for an autograph you thought all right yeah a few times and i'm always like like are, like are you sure it's like a waste <laughs> of perfectly good ink um but but no you know what like and especially like for for younger hockey fans and stuff like i mean that's that's a neat thing because i remember being that age and um and you know maybe part of it was uh you know a reason why i ended up getting into to media in the first place but i was always fascinated like even you know as, as a young kid um i came from a small a smaller town of about thirty thousand at, at the time and you know you see like the local you know the community cruiser for like the local radio station like come through town like and i i remember like i was always taken aback seeing that because like oh man like maybe one of the voices i listen to in the car is like driving that vehicle um, so I was always in, in such awe of, of broadcasters, whether it was on radio or on television, um, you know, like going to a, a Canucks game and, you know, will I see like a Dan Murphy or something in person? Um, that was always really, really cool to me. So, um, yeah, happy to, to interact with, with hockey fans uh, whenever they, they want to say hi. And, uh, yeah, a few times there's <laughs> much, much to my surprise. Uh, there's been a few autographs, but uh, they may have ended up in a recycle bin shortly thereafter, and I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> no way. That's funny. Um, has Sportsnet offer, ever offered you to, because I know, like, you've mentioned Elliot, like, a few times, like, him and, and is it Merrick? They've got their own, uh, mm -hmm. they've got 32 thoughts, right? Um, have mm -hmm. they ever offered for you to kind of, like, an alternate form of media to kind of, like, uh, let the personal side loose? Uh No. No, they're like, television is enough. Uh, we see you enough there. It's like, we don't need any more of you than that. Uh, we're not going to do anything beyond that. No, no, I, I haven't. And, and part of it, I think, is, is on me too, that I, I haven't really explored that. I've thought a little bit more about, okay, what's some, some other avenues I can do just to keep the creative juices flowing and just, just try something different. So right. uh, as I say, yeah, part of that's on, on me too for, for not uh, exploring that on, on my end of things. But 
Uh, no, I haven't been. Oh, it'd be cool to hear you on one. All right, one more uh, question. This one comes from my mom. Uh, she wants to know how tall you are because she saw an interview. I think you you must have been standing next to Chris Johnson or something, and you like <laughs> towered above the next guy. And uh, and uh, she's like, "How tall is he? That's that's who you interviewed, right?" And I was like, "That's yeah, him." And then I was like, "I don't know. I can't answer that for you." So she asked about every time she sees you. So now I I, I need an answer to give back to her. Uh, okay, John. What's your mom's name? Maria. Maria. Okay. So Maria, I'm about six one. And yeah, when, when the hair is in fine form, maybe closer to, to six two. But I, I, I miss having CJ on, on our team and, and he was always such a team player. I think a lot of uh a lot of folks in, in the business um that that may not uh uh maybe a bit undersized, um, you know, oftentimes and, and like no issue with it, like they, they would have like a little little step stool or, or something to stand on to kind of make the heights a little right. more even. And, and he never, never wanted that. He's like, I don't care. Like <laughs> I goes, I'm, this is how tall I am. And, um, that, that doesn't bother me. So, uh, yeah, he was always, he was always just a, a great guy to work with. I, I miss seeing him on a more regular basis. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame him for doing like as I'm five, six. So as a guy is that short too, like if they offered me a little step stool, I'd, I would throw it. I would get that out of here. Come <laughs> on. I'm already embarrassed. All right. You don't need to give me a step stool as well. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember, uh, when I was going to school in Calgary, uh, I, I went out and, and managed to finagle a, a media pass for when the world junior team had their, their camp out there at Winsport. And uh, Jermaine Franklin was out there working it for, for TSN. And I remember seeing him shooting an interview with, with Steve Spot, who was the head coach that year. And, and Spot's a, a shorter guy, and Jermaine's really tall. He's got to be closer to 6'6". And so to help with the height balance for the interview, like Jermaine's like nearly like completely in the splits, like out of frame, right? So they got it from like the waist up so you can't tell. But his legs are out like this, just so he's like a little bit closer to the spot's height, just to help with with the framing of the shot. It was hilarious to look at from the outside, but uh, yeah, that's good. That's incredible. The magic of television. I was gonna say you almost need like that would have been like the viral clip of like somebody filming on the phone. Like, look at how this guy's standing during the interview, and you would only get I it know, if you went on Twitter. I know. Kind of thing. I, well, yeah. this was. I know this was like December 2012. I don't even think Instagram had video at that point. No, so no, yeah. a different world back then, fellas. You only do pictures. Well, speaking of clips that you'll see on Twitter, have you seen these, the you blind rank things? Like if you five things, you just blind rank them. Like you don't know what's coming next and you just blindly say is one through five. No. Okay. I'm going to give I'm you five interested. events, five events that you could possibly be on the call for and you obviously one being the one you'd want to cover the most you don't know what's coming next mm -hmm. five being the one that you want to cover the least these are purely hypothetical questions like the first one you had a blind rank this one through five events you could be on the call for or cover stanley cup final that's an all canadian final where would you put that on one to five one, one? but you have okay. to you have to you have to say that so now everything you're pretty much saying that there's nothing else that you think he's going to say that would be better than that Okay, gotcha. Does that make sense? Um, okay, so okay, so we're going. All right. Uh, yes, it does. But I still, I still think that would be number one. Okay. okay. Uh, Masters, the Masters on Sunday, Tigers teeing off with the lead. You get to be on the call. So now this is part of like I'm trying to think. Okay, what else could you potentially throw right, my right. way? May want yep. to. So I'll, I'll be a slightly conservative. I'll put that as three. I like. I like that honestly. Wimbledon final. Nadal oh, versus God. Federer. 
<laughs> oh God. This obviously in the past. Now, now I'm putting now right, right. But if I go back in time, uh, now okay, now I have to put that too. <laughs> yeah, see, I I knew that one was gonna get you because I I saved yeah. it for three just because that. So then uh, the Olympics, Canada versus USA, gold medal hockey game. Yeah, you see now yeah. you got see I was I was saving two for that or something Olympic related, thinking it was coming, and you got me with the Wimbledon, so I have to put that four now. Okay, so then number five is the World Series with the Blue Jays in it, which that's not a bad five considering this list. No, no, no. And I probably, well, yeah, I I would probably still be uh, with the Masters, Tiger. I don't know. Yeah, rearrange them. uh, So, yeah, do I have a chance to do like my now skiing ranking? Exactly. Okay. I'll I'll still put the all-Canadian. Actually, uh, no, maybe Canada U.S. Olympic gold medal final be one, all Canadian Cup final two, Wimbledon three, Jays four, Masters five. Yep, that's yeah, that's a good list. I, I would have it. I'd have Wimbledon at five just because I'm a casual tennis guy, but that's a good list. That's 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 a good list. And that's, right, I like gave you five hairs. Those are those are yeah, five incredible. Say, yeah. <laughs> right, like I thought you were gonna throw like I don't know something shitty in there, like you know Minnesota, <laughs> Florida on a Tuesday night in February. <laughs> yeah, I should have done that. That's a I yeah. should have done that to you and left it like not that yeah. that's shitty, but I mean compared to the others. Oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah, it is compared to the yeah. others. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right, how about this? That's Last, a fun game. It is, isn't it? How about this one? Last time, I remember you were talking about the TikToks. Obviously, there was that clip of you in Colorado singing uh, all the small things. Oh, yeah. You said you're a big punk music guy or pop punk, maybe early 2000s, late 90s. That's right. right. We talked about that. Yes. Right. Um, I want to play like a little song trivia game. So, Oh, like a name that tune? Yeah. But you're going to play against Dylan. Oh, shoot. So we can either do it um, first one to two, just going back and forth kind of thing. No, we'll go yeah, first one to three. But uh, I haven't written down a, or written down a list of songs here, so I'm kind of like choosing on the fly. But I'm gonna try to make it. Uh, I'll make it easy for the first one, and then see how that goes. But um, we don't have buzzers. How do we ring? Well, in? no, you. So that's we'll, what I was. We'll gonna... just switch back and forth, and then you could steal. Like you could go first on the first. Oh, song. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Do you want to do buzzers that's though? Right. We got like the little hands yeah. thing. You see the little hands? Oh. Under there, you can like raise your hand, and I can oh, see which yes. one goes first. You just put. You oh, just okay. keep your mouse there, and then click the thing, and then we'll I do like. We'll first... just switch. We'll switch back and forth, and if I don't know it, you have a chance to steal it. Get a point. Okay. First one to three. Okay. I like it. Family feud styles. Exactly. All right. You only get one strike though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, let me just figure out volumes here. I apologize if it's going to be too loud. Um, let's see. Who wants to go first? Uh, we'll go with you, Kyle, first. Great. All right. Let's start with th- with this one. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Third eye blind, semi charm kind of life. Semi charm life. life. Third yeah. eye blind. All right, he's on the board. One, two, he's, should we go? He's gonna murder me. He's going to <laughs> murder me, and this isn't even. I, I could no, sing. I... I could sing every like word to that, and I wouldn't have known like <laughs> like who who it was or what the song oh, name really? was. Like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm horrible with that stuff, man. I'm more of a. I know the song, know the words. More of a sing the, the name, song but... than name it. Yep. 
That's okay too. DK, here you go, buddy. Do you have the time? Oh, this is Green Day. Oh no! Positive. See, this is what I mean. Like, I hate this. Like, <laughs> I know. <sighs> it's Green Day, but I'm gonna have to pass it. Kyle, could you steal that or no? Oh, I I don't I don't know if I know the song title either. But uh, I'm singing it in my head, and I can't. I can't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I know it, John. Basket case, Green Day. Oh, oh man! See. All right, so that one's a that one's a see, miss. Yeah. All right, great All right. song. We'll go back to you then, Kyle. One nothing. Okay. Um. So it's the offspring, and well, yeah. Is it you're gonna go far, kid, or gonna go yep. far, kid? Yep. There yeah. you go. Maybe I'm giving Kyle the easy one. I thought basket case no. was easier than that one. <laughs> it probably was. It should have been, but I just saw the offspring live like not too long ago, and it was one of the. How were they? They were, they were, they were good. Simple plan opened up for the offspring and simple plan oh. was a lot, like a lot better. I found really, eh? but the bangers that the offspring had, like you're going to go far kid. And then, uh, why don't you get a job? Like just yeah, like a couple of those, like those hit hard, but simple plan was when they opened, like it was like, Oh, offspring kind of just wasn't as good. We'll just say a bit that. of a drop off. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, apparently, Offspring played a blues fest here a few years ago and like brought the house down. The crowd was so good, and they even were like, "Wow, like we goes, we're coming back here." Like you guys were awesome. Um, I was just curious. Yeah. All right. Next up, DK. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna rig the show a little bit and give you a really easy one so that. Yeah, uh, and now it's gonna make it. Gotta get them on the board. You don't get it, yeah. But if you fail, then it might be a free. It might be a free win here for Kyle. So. Let's do Bring this out one. the broom sticks. <laughs> uh, is this I'm, I miss you, Blink-182? Yeah, right off the bat. All right, all right, all right. I had to get... 2-1. All right, let's do for the win. Oh, here comes a good one, I think. Ah, oh, that's gonna be too easy. That's a free win. Oh, you, got, you gotta give it to him. You, got, you just gave me that one. I mean, you gotta give but, it to him. Okay. All right. You're gonna see why it's a free win when I say it. All right. Oh, I know this one. Oh. I'll let the words get into him. Oh god, well simple plan. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh oh my god. I why can't I, I can't think of the title. Uh oh, I'm addicted to you? Yeah, yeah. Addicted, addicted. yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it addicted? Okay. Yeah, you got yeah, you it. Got it. Right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was close. Kinda got it. DK had the steal already. That would have that would have been uh sent to psyched me out because you're like, oh, this is a layup. Yeah, like, well, well, it's because what? we just mentioned Simple Plan. So. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So that that I got fairly early on, and then I'm going, what's the song title? <laughs> I'd say that's my band, too, any Simple Plan. That was used to, I, growing up as a kid, you know, just loving Simple Plan. That I, I had that I had that ready to go. And the fact they did the theme song for the What's New Scooby-Doo TV yeah. show, like, 
they did not have to go that hard for it, but like yeah. they put everything <laughs> into that theme. Like it was when that came on on Teletoon, it was like we were dialed in. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, it's a uh, you got a win on the board, so you're one to know. Um, if you ever if you ever come back, we'll think of something new to do. Or maybe we'll do this again and we'll give like Dylan yeah. a, a redemption Detail shot. Revenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Um, before you go, though, um, here's a good one for maybe like somebody's listening that uh, this could be useful to. Um, what's one piece of, of advice that you'd offer to someone interested in a career in sports broadcasting? Well, I think try, try to acquire... It's funny, there's a balance between being able to be as versatile as you can, being comfortable in this space, doing television, doing radio, uh, whatever may be called upon. But you also have to have like your sweet spot, like kind of what you're known for and your brand. Um, so that, yeah, when future employers potentially are going, well, what, what, what are they? And you, they can kind of picture what you at your best, uh, in your comfort zone, uh, what that looks like. Um, so that's, I know it's a, a bit of a, a delicate line to, to walk, but, um, that's one that I think you want to, you want to strive toward. And, um, you know, one I, I, I say, um, a lot of time is, is just, you know, be someone that, that is easy to work with. Um, I, I've, I've said in the past that, you know, certainly you know, starting at Sportsnet as, as young as I did, um, getting some opportunities as early on as I did looking back, was I really ready for them? Probably not. Um, but you know, I worked my tail off to be as prepared as I could each time I went on the air. Um, I, I wanted to be someone that, that got along with, with my colleagues, whether it was in a studio on the road, wherever it may be. Um, and so I think because of that, even though I was quite green in some cases, in some areas, um, you know, the others were willing to work with me because they saw the effort and, and the care that I was bringing each time. Um, so I think if you got that going with you, like people are, are a lot more willing to kind of work through the growing pains. Um, otherwise if, if you have uh, a crummy attitude, if, if you're someone that, that can't be relied on and trusted, um, then when, when the warts naturally come up as you're kind of working your way through things, um, I think they will become you know reasons for why you shouldn't be in that position as opposed to reasons why you're like okay how, how can we help um build this person up and, and help them push through that uh that's that's what i found is has been a, a critical piece for for me as i've navigated the waters here over the last 10 years awesome thank you for that that was incredible um dk you got anything else Oh, well, this will be the last one, Kyle. Sorry we ran you a little long here, but do you got any, uh, any charities, any organizations that you work with that you want to give a shout out to, give a plug to, like anything like that? Um, you know what? Uh, I mean, I've, 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 I've done, done some events with, with Cystic Fibrosis Canada, um, or I should say the, 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 the home, my, I'm from Campbell River, BC, so like the Campbell River chapter of, of Cystic Fibrosis. Um, so that, that's been a cause that's been, been, been close to me just cause it was, it was a, a big charity, uh, um, a big fundraiser, even w when I was a kid growing up and, and still very much, uh, is now as they're continuing to look for, for a cure for, for that hellish, hellish disease. But, um, you know, I, I, I've 
within the last year here, um, my brother not brother-in-law suffered a, a spinal cord injury on the job. Uh, we're almost coming up on on the one year anniversary of of that. Um, and so uh, certainly you learn a lot more about um, the injury, um, what all goes into, you know, adapting to living with with a spinal cord injury. Um, and so uh, he lives in Alberta. So, I, you know, some of the um, like skits uh, is, is a big, big part out there in, in Alberta. Craig Simpson is, is heavily involved there. He's been doing um, charity work with uh, spinal cord uh, injury research and and treatment uh, for a number of years, going back to his playing days with the Oilers. Um, so it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, incredible how you know, something like that, a, a tragic thing happens that touches our family. But now uh, through Craig, he's been incredibly helpful through that. So, um, you know, those two things for, for me are, are something that uh, near and dear to, to my heart. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's important to, to continue to, uh, put put money into for you know to hopefully one day find a, a cure for in in one case of cystic fibrosis and um, continuing to find different different treatments and um, you know rehab and and just better knowledge around stuff like spinal cord injuries to to help those that that suffer from it to to still have you know some sort of of, of quality of life on on the other side and 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 to find a path to be in a little more mobile and and being able to to have uh, you know some kind of recovery down the line. Thank you for sharing that, Kyle. And uh, thank you again thank for, you for coming on. Guys. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Um, second time now, two summers in a row. So uh, maybe we'll make it three next year. Um, new friend of the show. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to, to bring this up here at, at the end for, for those that are watching. This was supposed to be taped a week ago, but I completely gapped and, and missed the, the original recording date. So gentlemen, I, I thank you profusely for, for giving me a, a second chance to come back on again. I apologize again for... Uh, for missing the the original date, no excuses on my part. Uh, just I, my mind went blank and and forgot it. But uh, it was great to be be on with you here uh, for this time around. If you if you if you showed up last week, you would have avoided the Babcock talk. So um, <laughs> if you didn't like that question, that was going to be my response. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joking. All right, awesome. Thank you again, Kyle. Thanks, guys. 